where they get, man. Seeing through your cat, cause my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac Man, uh, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. Uh, hey, what's up, y'all? Welcome to Case Core Podcast. It's your boy Case, the realest basketball fan alive, and I'm live from Las Vegas, Nevada. Westside. Thank you for tuning in. This is season three, episode seven, and I'm here with the tank master himself. What's going on, man? How's the weather out there in Seattle? Uh, it's been weirdly sunny. I'm excited to be on, and uh, yeah, just glad to be here. <laughs> All right, bet, 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 man. You know, I'm, I, we've been running these leagues. Like, we've been in league together for what, like three years now or so, something uh, like that. So, or is it yeah. just two seasons and the bubble, or we something were, like we, that? This one started like right before this is 2019, I think. So yeah, 2019. So we're like, okay, so we're entering the fourth year season with this. If, yeah. if I'm not mistaken, but, but yeah, pretty much you've been taking, you know, the whole time <laughs> pretty much. And, you know, I've been watching your draft and just your draft analysis. So it seems like you have a pretty good head around, you know, prospects. So I wanted to invite you here to talk about, you know, the NBA lottery that just happened two days ago, talk about some prospects. You know, we even did our own kind of um, mock of the lottery and whatnot see, to see some potential landing spots and fits, and we're just going to talk overall tanking and fantasy. So, um, you ready to talk about all that? Yeah, for sure. Uh, it's kind of nice to be able to talk about this since, uh, yeah, no, my startup draft was so bad, I've been tanking ever since. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, well, yeah, moving on, Let, let's jump right into the topics here. So, the first one, um, we're just going to react to the lottery. And pretty much from the results that we saw, uh, it was a pretty interesting shuffle. I would say nothing dramatic happened, but the main movers here was OKC, you know, jumping into, they, they got the second pick. Yeah. And and the Kings, they jumped from what, seven to fourth or something like that? Or were they? Yeah, it was like seven to four. And then. Yeah, so, so they're, they're the only people that kind of jumped, the only team that kind of made a jump that day and then you know pistons kind of lost value from falling out of that bottom the top three into the fifth pick so um yeah. i mean did, did you have any i guess reactions to like just those teams we mentioned you know thunder kind of going up and you know kings going yeah. up a little bit now there, there's a few interesting things with that i think um the thunder definitely are like big winners i think because jumping into the top three means that they get a chance at a higher upside franchise cornerstone to pair with SGA. So that I think was a big win for them. Uh, Kings jumping up was big, but I fully expect them to completely blow it when they make the pick. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> and then, yeah, I, I think the Pistons are, I mean, they lost a little bit dropping from three to five, but I think they can still get a good player at five to kind of run with Kane. I think they just need to be better about their roster construction since they can't get like as high of an upside guy at five as they could in top three. But yeah, definitely. And the thing with these um, you know, changes in whatever, you know, pos- draft positions, like what matters is the tiers, right? So yeah. it, it, it based on this draft, you know, there's a clear top three to four that's in that first tier. And then you just have a bunch of forwards that's like wings and forwards like right under them. So uh yeah. I think Pistons falling out of the top four is a huge deal just based on um, the tiers. But like you said, there's still some a good – they're going to get the best wing available right yeah. there. Uh, and, uh, and like you said, you know, Kings could blow it, so they might not even pick someone in that top tier. <laughs> and, and, you know, who knows, you know, someone from that top tier falls to the Pistons. So 
Yeah, no, I, I get that. I, so I was joking that it, they draft Nikola Jovic at four because of his name. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that that would be funny. Or and then um, Thunder. I, I think um, it's good to see them actually have some luck this year. After last year, they um, they didn't really have good luck. The ball bounced their way. You know, with the, the stranglehold they had on my Rockets, but thankfully, <laughs> yeah, thankfully, uh, we didn't give up those picks. So it's good to see yeah. them kind of jump us and kind of get that little revenge. So you know, get your guy, and we'll get the guy left over. You feel I me? Feel so, and the yeah, top so, three is good. So the yeah, Rockets will get yeah. someone nice at three. Yeah, yeah, that's all I cared about was staying in the top three because you know if you fall to four, you're at risk of drafting Jaden Ivy there at four, <laughs> and I, I didn't want another guard. I mean, he's going to be a great player. I yeah. think so, but yeah, I just didn't like the fit on the Rockets. But I, I guess speaking of Rockets, um, I thought it was interesting seeing that they had the worst record, yeah. And then they and then them dropping to the actual to them dropping to the third spot. So I mean, conceptually, I, I'm kind of what would I say torn apart to say whether that's a drop or not because one, based on the way we do the lottery, all the three bottom teams have that 14 percent chance of getting the first one so yeah. just because you have the first record and then you drop down to the worst record and you drop down to the third spot i mean i don't know if if that is a drop i mean it depends on how you look at it but that, that's kind of something that i'm torn on um yeah. an interesting perspective to look at i mean do you have what do you think i mean yeah i guess it's kind of just if you treat the top three picks as even value it's not mm -hmm. really a drop and i guess in this draft it doesn't feel like a huge loss in value to fall from one to three because i think there is a good argument for any of the top three guys to go number one mm -hmm. but i mean it would be nice to have your pick of the three instead of like having to take the leftover guy so kind of cuts the plays but on value not so bad maybe on like flexibility it's less good yeah, definitely. And that, that, that was a point I was going to touch on is based on the draft tiers this year, yeah. you know, dropping from one to three um, probably isn't much of a drop. Like you said, you're just going to get the leftover guy who, who probably doesn't fit what you're trying to do. So, yeah. So, yeah, I, I guess um, I guess let, let, let's 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 take, I guess, a final lottery take here. And just based on how the balls, you know, kind of dropped and just, you know, we, we've been doing this, these new lottery odds for a few years now i would say and i would say based on these odds would you say that they work better or worse than the original like should we go back any suggestions going forward or should we keep it the way it is right now what do you think i mean i don't know i kind of like the way the new odds have worked because i think it kind of increases parity at that bottom tier so for a rebuilding team i guess it's their luck, it, or I guess it's a little more luck-based, which I think kind of makes sense with the way the NBA is structured. Mm -hmm. So that's been pretty good. I Maybe you can kind of tweak the odds a little bit, but I wouldn't try to change it too much. As far as like using the odds for fantasy, uh, I mean, selfishly, I'll say I was the big winner this year. <laughs> <laughs> Having both the Thunder and Kings picks. Uh, oh, yeah, definitely, definitely. definitely. But, I mean, yeah, I think in a general sense, it's good because it allows those like mid-tier bad teams to have a better shot, which a lot of those teams just kind of stay stuck in there forever. So to get any of those teams a franchise-changing star is a big deal. Yeah, that, that that is true. That is true because um, at the end of the day, we should really look at it like all the you know bottom, let's say, five 
five, four to five teams in each conference deserve this a fair shot at getting a top player because they're almost all just as bad. Yeah, <laughs> you know, the, the only difference is one team is tanking better than the other, honestly. So, yeah, tanking takes skill. <laughs> exactly, yeah, tanking takes, and that's why you're on here. You know, we're, we're going to get to that. <laughs> you know, with the, the tank master himself. So, I mean, I, I guess that that's a our wrap a wrap on just the lottery in general, just the concept of the lottery, and um, yeah, yeah, just a I guess a quick recap, right? So. Yeah. Um, moving on, what we did was we, we did a lottery mock. So pretty much we listed all the teams in the lottery and then I, I listed all the players that I think the teams were going to pick and then, um, Ranger did the same. So, so first off, um, we're just going to run through each pick and I, I guess I'll give my logic behind my pick and you give your logic behind your pick and how it will fit. Yeah. So, um, so first pick magic, we both went with Shet Holmgren. I mean, I think they just go with the, you know, best player available, best fit available, you know, with, they, they have a lot of, um, you know, let's say skillful, like power type of fours, like, you know, Wendell Carter Jr. And like, like their front court is, is pretty crowded, but they don't have a guy quite like Chet Holmgren. So yeah, that, that, that's a perfect guy to kind of complement all the fours they have going on. Um, you know, if, if you look at, I think Jabari Smith, I, I've seen him mocked here a couple of times, but, uh, I think, you know, with Jonathan Isaac returning, that might be a little redundant. Um, yeah. Yeah, but but we'll see. Um, but it, how do you – you have Shed as well as your Magic pick. So um, how yeah. do you see that? I think it, for me what I was seeing here is they were running a lot of, like, two center lineups with Bamba and uh, Wendell Carter this year. And I think mm-hmm. Chet is like if Bamba were a – like more skilled, more refined player with better positioning mm-hmm. and like a better basketball IQ. So I get a feeling they let Bomba walk and just replace him with Chet pretty much and just go the two mm-hmm. bigs in their lineup. And I think with Isaac's injury history, they needed a rim protector because Carter's okay there. And he's like a good defender, but he's not like a game changer in the way that Chet would be uh, as a chop blocker. So it's kind of Absolutely. a pretty natural fit. And then I guess in like, five to eight years, he'll probably end up on the Lakers like every other center of the Magic take if number one. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, definitely. Um, just, com- you know, comparing um, Shet to, like, Jabari Smith because they're they're both kind of known for their defense, yeah. it, it's pretty interesting to see. You know, I, I almost see Shet almost like he, he's so skilled as a shot blocker that he could almost be like a, a, a Gobert with a jump shot. Yeah, he's more defensive anchor, which is, mm-hmm. I think, what the Magic need, whereas Smith is more like a complimentary, like, switchable, high-end, like, wing forward defender. Yeah, you know, you know, Jabari's going this high because, you know, he's, he was the best shooter in college, yeah. arguably. And the fact, you know, just being a two-way wing, this is just what we're used to seeing guys develop into, you know, all-stars eventually, so... He looks the most like an all-star. So, I mean, let, let's move on to the next pick with OKC. And speaking of Jabari, you went with Jabari. So yeah. you want to explain your um, pick with there? Yeah, I think with Jabari, the thing I see with him for the Thunder is that they are pretty heavy on, like, ball-dominant guys. But they don't really have much in the way of shooting on their roster right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they have, like, some guys who are effective. I mean, Jeremiah Robinson Earl is, like, a depth piece. is pretty good as a big. But, I mean, Giddy is 
not a great shooter yet. That'll take some time. And he's a very ball-dominant guy. SGA is another guy where he's a good scorer, pretty good shooter, but again, better on-ball than off-ball. Mm-hmm. And Smith is one of those guys where I think he can operate off-ball and complements their core super well. So I think between like Jabari and Banchero, there's kind of a... But the skill sets kind of fit differently. And I, I can see Paolo going second as well, but I think Jabari's a cleaner fit with that roster. Okay, okay. Yeah. Um, well, this, I think this is where my mock got interesting, right? Because yeah. the, the fact OKC got that second pick, I, I actually, I'm shocking the world a little bit. I think they might go with Jaden Ivey. Mm-hmm. Just, just, just based on, you know, OKC's approach as, one, they, they, they tend to have their own way of thinking, Right. Yeah. So that they like to draft, they'll draft someone and almost show the world like, haha, see, I was right about this. You know, yeah. so, so, um, I mean, Jaden and Ivy, honestly, if, if you compare these guys, like, I, I know Jabari, Paolo, and Chet are the like the top three tier, but, you know, throughout the draft process, Jaden and Ivy has kind of creeped within that tier on and off. So, yeah. And if, and if you ask me out of all four of those guys who has the clearest path, the clearest path to being a superstar, I think it is Jaden Ivey just, you know, being a guard that handles the ball. Whereas, you know, yeah. Shaq, Jabari and Powell, they, they kind of have to rely on the guard um, to kind of get them good looks. And, you know, so just, you know, um, and I, I already know um, some OKC fans won't like this because, you know, they have Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis. But, I mean, you don't know the plans of the future, you know, with all these yeah. assets you have on OKC. You don't know who's going to be on this roster. So I just think you grab the guy that you think you can develop into being the best player out of this group. I think they might be able to do it with Jaden Ivey. I mean, looking at what they did with Westbrook in the past. No, I can see that. He's a great athlete, and I think there's a lot of upside there, but... Yeah, I think that definitely would be a surprising pick if it happened. So yeah, yeah, I know. I know Joy's gonna yeah, kill me. Yeah, Joy's <laughs> gonna kill me. <laughs> I don't hate it, but I think it's one of those like murky fits where I maybe arguably on talent he could match everyone else, but yeah, on fit I wouldn't uh, expect it. But yeah, could okay. it happen? Sure. <laughs> Definitely, definitely, definitely. So um, I guess the, the last point I wanted to make with that pick was just, you know, Shea and Josh Giddy, um, I, I I don't know if you want one to be like your main – I guess they're trying to um, mold Giddy into being like the lead ball handler, you know, but uh, until yeah. we see that, you know, you, you, you might want someone that's more switchy to kind of, yeah. you know, initiate the offense. But we'll see. Um Next pick, I, I know with who I went here, um, Rockets, I went with Jabari Smith. I just feel like, you know, he, he's just a perfect guy. that Because um, the Rockets are missing a small forward, honestly. Small yeah. forward, defensive, power forward, kind of. So I don't know how much longer Wood's part of this um, development. So, you know, they have Garuba. I think Garuba and Jabari kind of fighting for that. I mean, they won't fight for a starting spot. It's going to be Jabari's yeah. for me. But just having um, a, a starter – and then having Garuba as a backup um, defensive guy. You know, KPJ, Jalen Green, and Shane Goon, the offense is just going to go through them. So to have a sharpshooter, Jabari, is just a perfect fit, and, you know, to fill it in the defense. So, And then you went with um, Rockets, Ben Carroll. So. Yeah, so I kind of like Paolo a lot as a prospect. I think um, the way I see him as a prospect is he has a lot of different ways where he can pan out and be a good NBA player because he's like he has a really balanced profile and – and aside from his shot not being, like, super great, there aren't really any holes in his, like, game at all. 
So I feel like I mean, maybe he doesn't fit super well on the Rockets because I think he's better on ball than off ball. But mm-hmm. I do think he fills a role for the Rockets at, as like a big wing who can play small ball five. So if they think that he can initiate an offense well, because I do consider him a plus initiator for the position or as like a even as like a good dribble handoff threat, like mm-hmm. I could see him fitting well with those guards because uh, – yeah. I mean, yeah, he can space the floor, he can pass, can roll, can score inside. There's yeah. The versatility is kind of why I think that makes sense there. Definitely. I, I, I think um, the way the draft is set up, we Rockets definitely have the highest chance of drafting Ben Carroll. And, I mean, I, I, the reason I don't really like that fit is because just looking at Ben Carroll, KPJ, and Shangun in the same lineup, I'm like, okay, Jalen Green's the only real sharp shooter. If you know what yeah. I mean, you know the, the you know KPJ, Paolo, and Shangun are just skilled all around. So they they might be stepping on each other's toes, or they might have a hard time finding a specific role for each other. But hey, yeah. you know, watching what the with the Warriors did, you know, you want guys that can do multiple things and then kind of figure it out. It's about drawing a system that makes it work. You know, so yeah. get the talent, make the system work. So. And I mean, yeah, I think Paolo is a good connector who can kind of function a bunch of different roles. So. Mm-hmm. I think it could work, but like the big thing that would impact his ceiling on the Rockets would be how far his jump shot goes. So definitely, definitely. Yeah, okay, so moving, so moving on. On let's move on to the Kings, and you went with Shaden Sharp. Yep. So yeah, no, I feel like that's a very Kings pick. I think the big thing is massive upside, but we have no idea like what his stock would have looked like if he played this year. Yeah, we yeah. call him the mystery box of this draft. <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, I think the downside there is pretty huge. But I don't know. The Kings seem to always kind of do this where they pick a guy who's kind of raw and unproven, and then it works sometimes. Mm-hmm. But, uh, and we'll see. And and their best recent pick, I think, was Halliburton, but he was a very different profile. So. Uh, yeah, I just yeah. expect him to surprise. <laughs> but, but you're right, though, because Halliburton was kind of. Uh like raw prospect he could do all these different things he, he was he was almost similar to Killian Hayes in a way to where they're both raw that could do all these multiple things and you know Killian yeah. just didn't take off but and you see what happened to Halliburton getting traded for some bonus you feel me <laughs> yeah, that, that, I, I, I will never get that trade but yeah I think Halliburton's kind of a weird uh pick by the Kings relative to their other recent ones because they seem to mm-hmm. usually draft like guys who have athletic tools but have kind of room to go on the mental processing side mm-hmm. and Halliburton someone who was like the, one of the highest level processors I've seen like coming into the league so it's a very nice. yeah it's just a very different like pick that ended up working out so I don't get why okay. they're trading him but yeah basically I think Sharp has a ways to go on the processing and like basketball IQ side of things just because he hasn't played at a high level as much but I mean, the upside's there. I just don't believe in them to develop. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and with the Kings, for me, I went with um, Paolo Bencaro. And, and, and you know, when I, when I made this pick, I actually laughed because um, I'm like, it reminded me of them picking Bagley. <laughs> you know, the dude, oh, wow. the dude big man that can do all these multiple things. <laughs> I'm like, you don't want to go through that again, Kings. <laughs> Uh, so that that, that kind of made me laugh but I mean he's the best player available just based on you know the way my draft was going so 
Um, yeah. <laughs> so like like you said, you know, in the in the beginning you said kings are just gonna blow. It'll be funny if they end up with Ben Carroll. <laughs> I, I I feel like that's the place he does not want to be, just based off that history. So I, I think it wastes his talent. So uh, it's the Kings. I expect them to do that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then but but a pick like Shaden Sharp would be nice, I think, because that's a guy that could probably just pop off. He's just too good. And you know, he's he's on the Kings, you know what I'm saying? So uh so yeah, moving on. On my next pick, Detroit Pistons. This is where I had Shaden Sharp going. Once again, best player available, best upside. Piston, you have to shoot for the upside here. You know, falling out of the top three. So, um, so yeah. Um, I, I guess my analysis of Shaden Sharp is, you know, like I said with Jabari Smith, how he has he looks the most like a potential All Star or whatever, yeah. just based on what we're used to seeing um, coming through this game of wings. And Shaden Sharp kind of fits that profile as well. But the difference is, is that Shaden Sharp actually has shown the ability to dribble and, you know, drive to the bucket, the things that we questioned Jabari Smith about. So, um, yeah, Shaden Sharp, uh, the difference between Shaden Sharp is Jabari's a sharpshooter um, that's lacking some of the guard skills. Shaden Sharp is a guy with the guard skills that's lacking some of the shooting. So. Yeah. So, so I think that's that's the difference between the two, and the reason Shaden is going behind Jabari is because he didn't play. That's it, honestly. Yeah. So, and you went with um, Keegan Murray going to Detroit Pistons. So, you want to talk about that? Yeah, I'll kind of just talk about him real quick. I, I think with Murray on the Pistons, there's a couple things, which is I think they may move Jeremy Grant, which kind of would necessitate another wing. And he just kind of seems to fit pretty well with uh, Bay as well on the wing. So he's kind of like a big two-way player who has like developed a lot on offense. And I think the other part with him is that he has improved as a ball handler and an on-ball guy. So I think he's a flexible like player that fits in pretty much any system. So definitely, definitely. Yeah. And, and, and I, I see that the same way because um, I have him here going to the Pacers, oh, yeah. which is the next pick at pick six. And I, I mean, me personally, I, I feel like I, I see it the same way. He could fit on any squad. He's just the type of player that's multi-skilled and high IQ, right? Yeah. But my issue is he has to land on the right team to develop right. You know, because yeah. um, I, I, I was, I guess, the way he was scoring in college. I mean, he, he, he kind of projected as a three-level score, but yeah. the way he was scoring in college, he was using a lot of post-ups and, you know, being – he was relying a lot on his physical strength, which people might question when he comes into the league when you start playing with the big boys. So, yeah, um, I, I think he, he would definitely, you know, just like every other draft pick, the swing skill here is the three-point shot. If he could develop the three-point shot – and I mean, he'll be playing on the on the floor a lot and early. So yeah, yeah, I have yeah. him going to the Pacers. I think that'll be a great fit and just a great. I, I, I just love the way the Pacers play. Just the just the way that whole organization is run. Even though they don't really run, they don't really win much. But they have like a blue collar. Um, what is it? Almost like that that Philly vibe, but almost. Yeah. But the underdog, more of an underdog than Philly. You feel me? Yeah. So, the, and the roster does look. Pretty good coming into this year if they can stay healthy. I think I, mm-hmm. they're probably, I think, the best team picking in the top six by a pretty wide margin. Absolutely, so, yeah, I agree. Could, 
Because I have them taking Ivy, which is a little bit of a weird pick because I don't think he fits with um, Halliburton and Brogdon super well. Um, just because they're all interesting to see him but... fall in the far. So, like, can you comment on that as well? I mean, yeah, I think it's really just I don't really see a need for Ivy on the Pistons, or and I think on the Kings he'd be a horrific fit, and I don't think mm-hmm. he can take it over the top three. So it's gonna he just kind of falls to six, but a lot of yeah. it is all those top teams have ball dominant guys that they are developing or like that are locked in on their roster mm-hmm. and yeah the Pacers kind of like some of that but like I think Brogdon's a guy who I mean I expect he can get traded easily on his contract mm-hmm. I think he's a good deal that can be easily moved and he has injury issues Halliburton I think may just stay the lead guard but I mean he's played the two before and he has a lot of positional flexibility and has been great yeah. in a less ball dominant role. So like I think you can kind of get away with playing like two guards, especially if like one of them is Halliburton. Yeah. So yeah, I think that one's more just a fit pick than a or like a lack of fit with the top five picks pick. Yeah, so, yeah. And, and and I don't blame you at all because you know some people might look at this the mock and be like, oh Ivy is falling to number six. Like that's that's wild. He's a top three or four pick. But it's like I mean, when you do these mocks, you you can see how these players easily slide in drafts. It's just based on, yeah. you know, the team making a pick that wants to fit on their team. And, you know, some, sometimes, you know, when you're ranking guys, you're just ranking them. And at the end of the day, they have to fit on teams. It's like a puzzle, you know. So And, and you might just be that, that that lost puzzle piece that just slips all the way down, you know. And that, that's yeah. how you get steals. That's how you get, like, Michael Porter Jr. going 15 and Devin Booker yeah. going, like, that late, you know. So... Yeah. Uh, so yeah, moving on. Uh, we mentioned Pacers. Yeah, I, I, I took Keegan Murray. You took Jaden Ivey. So the next pick at pick seven is the Portland Trailblazers, and we both went with Benedict Matherin. So yeah, um, I'll let you go first on your analysis of this pick. I mean, yeah, I think with Matherin, it's he's a young, high upside wing with like pretty good size who can kind of play on both ends. And I think he has to develop his defensive awareness, but his physical tools kind of project super well to the NBA level. Mm-hmm. And then he has some like functional passing, which I mean, he's what, 19? And he had a good assist to turnover ratio. So mm-hmm. maybe there's like some room for that to develop. Like, I don't know. The Blazers are kind of in a tough spot, so they got to go upside. And I think his upside's probably the highest in this range. Mm, okay. Yeah, definitely, definitely. And, and that's the thing with um, what's interesting with Benedict Matherin is, you know, this draft process is funny because he 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 kind of started off around this range when the season started, but yeah. then he started to slip just based on other prospects kind of popping up. But he just went off in the second half, and that that kind of sustained his value back up to to a point where you know we believe he's going to be like a top seven, eight, nine um, yeah. pick, despite some other guys rising in the draft. So. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you, Blazers. At this pick, you just have to shoot for upside. Benedict Matherin, like a, like I same thing with Shaden Sharp and Jabari Smith. He just he has the physicality and you know the profile that we see from these wing stars um, that come through the league. So so yeah, yeah, um, yeah lot, lots of wings, lots of wings in this draft. You know, yeah, after this, the this after the top tier. Yeah. So yeah. so next, um, we went go to the Pelicans and. I have them taking Ochai Abaji. So, and, and this one, I, I just feel like his, you know, early on, I had him more 
later in the like in the teens. Yeah. In 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 this um as far as just my rankings, but you know just after this, I, I know how scouts and how the NBA reacts to stuff. So you know after his run to the championship and you know him being the winning the MVP and all that. So I, I think a, a team like Pelicans seems like a team that will, that will kind of bite on that. So yeah. um, Ochai Abadji, I think he he will help space the floor for Zion. You know they they already have um what is it. Trey Murphy and Herbert Jones from last draft that are yeah. kind of helping space. And Ochai Abaji is, is he, he kind of fits the same, I would say, what, what would I say? Like, he, he fits the same skill set, but not the same body type, right? Yeah. So he's just another one you could throw out there um, just off the bench. When guys are injured, he might start here and there. So, so yeah. Um, and then you have them taking Dyson Daniels. Yeah, so I think Daniels is another interesting prospect where he had a lot of kind of later development, but I think he fits well with this team because he's one of those guys who is a – I'd say if he ever hits his potential, he has like kind of the type of profile you see out of a good ceiling raiser for a team where mm-hmm. like – Maybe he's not like a guy that can raise the floor of a team's performance, but he might be someone who is a key piece on a title team because he kind of does all those like little things right. Mm-hmm. And I think he fits well with kind of like McCollum in the backcourt. Um, I think Kira Lewis getting hurt uh, definitely means they have a need there. And they got mm-hmm. Devontae Graham, right? I, like, I don't think he really has much of a role at this point. So if they're kind of running like a couple guards, if they think CJ can run the point, then he's fine there. But I think he also fits well with like Ingram and with Herb Jones and with Trey Murphy and those guys. So he's kind of like someone that, who I think is kind of a chameleon and can kind of fit on any um, kind of roster, which is the other piece. Yeah, definitely. I, I agree with you as well. Um, you know, my, I guess D- Dyson Daniels, I, I could see him, you know, the way Alvarado kind of came in yeah. and – just stepped into that right. I can see Dan Daniels would be like an Alvarado but with more upside on offense. And, and, yeah. and, and didn't he grow? Like, cause he, he started like a six, six this year. Now he's like six, eight or something. He's like, like six, seven or something. I think, I think he started at like six, four. So he's the things that will hold him back are his handles. Not that great. And mm-hmm. uh, his scoring is raw, but like, I don't know the the guy like has a good feel for the game. So I wouldn't bet against him necessarily. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So, um, so yes, I guess speaking of Dyson Daniels, the next pick that I have here is, let me pull up. I didn't even have yeah. my player comps up. Get into the Spurs. Yeah. That's <laughs> interesting. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, yeah, I have Spurs taking Dyson Daniels actually in the next pick. And I, I just think this is just such a Spurs pick, you know, um, I, I, I would love for him to land here because I think they will, they will develop him the best. Honestly, oh, yeah. especially um, a, a, pro- a prospect like him that has a lot of upside. Because think about this, right? His skill set is it, kind of similar to Derek White and Dejounte Murray, and you, you know, and those guys yeah. are kind of later in the draft. So if they I was going to say the comp I've seen of him was like a combo of Brogdon and Murray, and that's okay. interesting. Yeah. Okay. 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 I, I, I mean. You know, the, those comps just came to me just when I picked him on the Spurs. Mm, yeah. So I kind of came with, I guess, with that one on the fly. But in, in my one. notes here, okay, I, I do have that comparison. In fact, uh, in my notes here, 
my comp for Dyson Daniels was Derek Hart White. So Derek White yeah. and Josh Hart kind of. Yeah, I see that. And yeah, I think he can do a lot of different things on the court, which like he's kind of a Swiss Army knife, and that's kind of a good spot for those types of players to land in San Antonio. So makes sense. Yeah. And we have to consider that we're talking fantasy, and you know, this is a guy that's like a Patrick Beverly feel the statues, sneaky value type of guy. So yeah, I know guys are going to be all over Dyson Daniels. I already see it. <laughs> and then for you, the Spurs, you had them going on Jalen Duran. Yeah, so I kind of feel like with them, it's I don't know if they're going to be able to keep Pirtle past this year because I think he's entering mm-hmm. his contract year. And they do need good rim protection. And Duran is probably, outside of Chet, probably the best like vertically dominating big in the draft. So mm-hmm. I kind of see him as like a good pick and roll partner for Murray, and someone who can kind of, you know, anchor the defense. Which, and th- I think they need work there. So, I mean, okay. hopefully he can kind of develop on that and then clean up like mistakes by the guards and wings. <laughs> yeah, definitely. I mean, um, you know, when I was first doing this mock, I, I did have Duran there initially, but I started to think about it and I realized how much they like um, Jakob Pertl. And yeah. although on the surface, he seems like that's not a center that fits. When you look deeper, that's the center that fits. Like he's like right up there with Gobert as far as best defensive centers in the league. And that's yeah. something Spurs will cherish, you know, so. More if they can't keep. I, I think they might believe they can't keep him, which is why it would make sense. Uh, okay. 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 Makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Makes sense. Uh, and then I, I guess moving on to, well, my, my comp for Jalen Duran was, I think he would fall somewhere between. Emeka Okafor or like Dwight Howard, kind of <laughs> something like somewhere in that range. <laughs> I can see like a Wendell Carter maybe, like as okay. like a median outcome. Which... Okay, so, so you think he's a bit more skilled than I'm looking at it then? Uh, I think it's, I think Carter also came in a little raw, but like I think Duran is someone uh, who like has that kind of like physical profile at least. Okay, okay, yeah. I mean, the reason I use, like, the Okafor and Dwight, because I just see him as a guy that's just going to be block, catch the ball, <laughs> dunk. <laughs> you know, he's just, he's just going to use his power. So, Yeah, I think there's, like, some skill that can be unlocked at some point because okay. of his I – and mean, some of it's athleticism, but he does seem to have good passing instincts, which I think are, is, like, um, a little bit – more like rare for a guy like that in the arch type. Okay, okay. So moving on to the next pick, Washington Wizards. You had them taking Jeremy Sohan. Yeah. Like, want to talk so, about that? Yeah. Honestly, I think the the Wizards roster just doesn't make sense. But if you're going BPA, I think his versatility makes him the most interesting upside play. And I don't know. I think Rui is probably not going to be an impact guy long term. So. Mm-hmm. I don't think he really fits into the long-term plans. Kuzma's on a shorter deal now, and he's fine, but he also kind of has some positional versatility, so you just kind of want to get someone that can kind of, like, fit all along that front line. Mm-hmm. Okay, okay, makes sense. I mean, I mean, I, 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 me personally, I feel like uh, with the Wizards here, I went with Johnny Davis. Yeah. Because although Sohan makes sense, uh, as far as if they want to, I guess, try to make the playoffs next season, that's the kind of guy that could kind of um, give you some defensive intensity and just make winning plays. Yeah. But I, I think just where they're at, they just have to shoot for upside here. 
And I, I think if you if you got Johnny Davis on the board and you're the Wizards, you just take it. I, I, I know the Rui Hachimura didn't work for you, <laughs> and and this this might be a similar profile. But uh, you know when we were talking Keegan Murray, Benedict Matherin, like Shaden Sharp, those guys going like Johnny Davis could have went up there too. So yeah. So that um, it, go ahead. I say, I say, I had Davis going next to the Knicks in this one. So. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So yeah, talk about that. Knicks taking Johnny Davis. Yeah, he just seems like such a Thibs pick. That's honestly most of it. Like the guy that he reminds me of a little bit, also is on the Knicks is Quinton Grimes. <laughs> as far mm. as like profile, and like Grimes is definitely like a Thibs guy who got on the floor last year and mm-hmm. made an impact. They're crowded on the wing, so maybe the positional fits weird, but. I mean, Davis is someone who I think can, like, be a really solid two-way guy who can kind of, like, how would I describe it? Um, I'd say connect, like, the, all the finishers on the Knicks together on the offensive end. Because the Knicks have, like, a lot of finishers and, like, very few, like, creators who, like, mm-hmm. create for others. Yeah. I can kind of see him being, like, someone who kind of does that a little bit on the offensive and defensive end. Like just, okay, because like okay, um, yeah. I mean, me, me personally, I, I guess I, I see more of like a Tobias Harris type in Johnny Davis, almost. Mm. But but I mean, it makes sense with you. I mean, because you know you're you're talking more about the defensive end, and that's I guess not necessarily what Tobias stands on. You know, his defense is okay, but he, he doesn't he's stand okay on that. Yeah, Davis yeah. is a defender. Like he's a very like high energy, high motor guy who I think can like make plays based off effort. So, like, the Knicks need more of that, and their mm-hmm. wing defense is pretty bad, honestly. Okay. Okay, okay, cool, cool. Um, so, for me, I had the Knicks taking Ty Ty Washington here, and this is a guy that was he, – he, he was potentially top seven to top ten pick, you know, early on yeah. in this process. But, you know, after a disappointing season in Kentucky – he started to drop, but I don't know. I, I I saw a lot of flashes that I liked, you know. Yeah. Um. Just just out of Ty Ty Washington, I I think he has potential to be like a lead guard. Maybe not as good as Halliburton, but I mean, I I, I see some people comp him to him. But uh, yeah. Let, what, what, let me see my comp. My comp. Yeah, yeah. So I, I guess my comp. I, I did sprinkle a little Halliburton there, but I think he he has more of a scores mentality than Halliburton. Yeah. Has. You know, so he's probably more of a little Jordan Clarkson sprinkled in there. <laughs> you know, stuff like it's like Jordan Clarkson in the brain. <laughs> you know, but uh, but yeah, I, yeah. <laughs> I, I know the Knicks, the Knicks like quickly, and he's he yeah. might you know start initially, but I think Ty Ty Washington has way more upside to kind of eventually take that lead guard role. And yeah, yeah, so. And he and he has a dope name. I mean, it's a, the Knicks would love that. Ty Ty, yeah. you know. <laughs> so, um, moving on to OKC, we both went with AJ Griffin. So I'll let you go first. Yeah, I mean, I think that one is just Griffin was a highly regarded prospect. I think he fits the physical profile of a modern NBA wing perfectly, and he's extremely high upside. I, I think the big thing is. Watching him play, he's a little stiff, but you don't usually find guys who can shoot this well this late in the draft. So you, you got to take the talent and the jump shooting here. Yeah, definitely, definitely. You know how earlier I said Jabari Smith might be the best shooter in college? Like, 
AJ Griffin had a he, he kind of had that that badge over his head to a degree. Like he was in the competition. Yeah, I would say he can bomb for sure. So like definitely a good fit with I think the rest of that core since they need spacing. So yeah, and, and he has a lot of and that's the thing like like you know how I had Jade, them taking Jaden Ivy um, earlier. Um, I think I think AJ Griffin is another great pick here as far as a guy with high upside. You know, great athleticism. You know, yeah. he just has all the elements it takes to be a star. You know, yeah. so uh, I guess my, my, my comp for AJ Griffin is almost like a OG Anunoby kind of, you know, but maybe with not as much defense. Yeah. You know, so, you know, so, um, but yeah, uh, I guess moving on, Hornets, uh, this is where I finally have Jalen Duran going. And I think that would be like a, Perfect fit. Even though I, even though I know the rumors of them going for Gobert, if they miss on Gobert and land Jalen Duran this late in the draft, that's a major win for them. Oh yeah, hundred percent. So um, you know, you know, getting Lamelo Ball that pick and roll partner will be gold for him. So that's why yeah. I have going to Charlotte here at thirteen. Who do you have? Um, and uh, you have Ochai Abachi going to. Charlotte here. And it's funny, I, I've seen him mocked here a lot. <laughs> I've seen him mocked in Charlotte a lot. So, go ahead, you talk about that. Yeah, I mean, I think the big thing there is I think Baji's a two-way player, uh, good on defense. He's a winner. I, I think he fits and again, their wing defense is, was brutal this year. Like Their games were just massive shootouts, so they need someone who can get stops on the wing. And they do have a hole at center, but I mean, we've kind of seen this in the playoffs too with like the Jazz, where like their perimeter defense is garbage, and then Gobert like gets pummeled at the rim even with his ability. So, or okay. just teams shoot all over the Jazz, and it doesn't really matter because Gobert can't like literally okay. carry the entire defense. So like they need to kind of like shore up the defense like at all levels, and he's a good fit there. With I think the other bigs being a bit of a step down in talent, or okay. from at this point being a step down in talent. Okay, and um, I mean, for me, how, how I see Ochai Abaji is like a, you know, he, he's a typical two-way wing that that can shoot. It's almost like to me, if you put Gerald Green and Danny Green in one player, just push mm-hmm. them into one, <laughs> you you will probably you'll get like his skill set almost. And that's you know? not a bad fit with Lamelo because like Lamelo is gonna like find his shooters if they're there. So oh yeah, definitely, definitely. I mean, the thing about these type of players, they fit on any team. You know, (laughs) as you saw with the Martins this season, how they started to take off like they're they're more of the low end of the three D guys. But if you could um, kind of figure that role out to some degree, hey, man, there's a spot for you in the league any day. Yeah. So uh, moving on, we got um, this is the last pick we're doing of today. So this is the Cavaliers. And then you have them taking Tari Eason. Yeah, so I think um, Easton's kind of someone who I'd say is in a similar-ish mold to like Keegan Murray a little bit, where he has some on-ball potential. But I think the big thing is just they need perimeter defense, they need big wings. He kind of just slots in perfectly. I think there's a... I guess, yeah, he should be a good pure 3 and D guy. We'll see if he kind of develops like the connecting ability that like allows him to elevate his game but for the Cavs that's a good fit like that late in the lotto yeah definitely definitely and um me I, I had them taking either Tyree Easton as well or Jeremy Sohan I just think with where the Cavs were their disappointment in the 
uh, play-in tournament, they could yeah. just use a high-intensity guy like this. You know, like when you watch them play, they have a lot of skilled guys. And, yeah. you know, Mobley, Jared Allen, they're, they're great defensively. But let's think about their – their backcourt defense is is not as strong because the only guy there is like Okoro. Like that, that's why he that's why he starts and plays so many minutes because his yeah. how how intensive he plays. So I think adding a wing like Jeremy Shohan or Tari Eason is going to help them a lot because Tari Eason has, um, I guess upside on offense. Yeah, a, a, a bit, but you know you, he's he's reliable as a defender. He just has more upside on offense, but Jeremy Shohan has more upside as a I guess. You know the Matt Barnes winning player type of guy. You know what I'm saying? So, um, so yeah, it's really pick your poison there. Whether they want to go more, yeah, yeah. Whether they, they want to go more for the dirty guy. I mean, the guy's going to get dirty now, or the guy that you know has more upside in the future. So, yeah, See, that would sure. be interesting. But and I know we were gonna, we were going to talk about late first and like tanking in fantasy. But man, just running through this mock. <laughs> we went through. We went the forty-five minutes, so I, I, I think we're we're probably going to end it there. Maybe um, I, I'll, I'll do a quick rundown of like some of my comps that I have here. So, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So I guess starting from the top for Shet, for Shet Holmgren, I had, and, and and guys, don't kill me. This is just you know just <laughs> quick, <laughs> quick. So Shet, I, I have like a KG Porzingis almost. You know what I'm saying? Like, but like a blend of those two. I think he has the frame and. Similar skill set of Porzingis, but the heart of KG, if you ask me. Yeah, he's super competitive. That's a that's a big thing. Yeah, yeah. And then um, Jaden Ivey I had here. I almost saw like a Vince Carter slash John Morant almost, like a, a blend of those two guys. I kind of saw De'Aaron Fox a little bit too as another okay, guy, okay. which is why sense. I think he'd be a terrible fit on the Kings, actually. <laughs> that makes sense. That makes sense. I mean, the, the, the what, what made me to, what led me to bring up Vince Carter is some of the shots he's taken. Just some of the mm. wild shot he's taken. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. if you go back to Vince Carter versus Kobe days, like, he was taking like, <laughs> similar similar shots like that, so. Yeah. No, the, he, was, he was definitely a tough shot maker, so. Yeah, I can see that, too. Yeah, so um, Jabari Smith, I had, like, a Rashad Lewis slash Tatum kind of yep. blend for uh, Jabari Smith. Yeah, somewhere in between. Like his swing skills, the handles. If he can develop a good handle, he'll be good. If not, he'll just kind of be a stationary shooter. Be like a maybe like a movement shooter, but not a creator as much. Oh, okay. And then yeah. Paulo Bencaro. Um, this one's weird. I have three guys because. I mean, I think I watched him too much. I'm a Duke fan. So <laughs> I, I, I have like a Carmelo slash Blake slash Zebo. <laughs> yeah, I can, see, I can see that. I think that's a good comp for him. And maybe with better passing than, it, than any of them is kind of the one thing. But Yeah, I, well, I think that's where Blake kicks in, the passing. Maybe. I think he's a better on-ball creator than Blake would ever was, though. That's true. That's true. He's a better, but I think that's why that's where the Carmelo and Blake kind of comes in. He has like yeah, the, he's, he's just like archetype, like big wing. I, I think he's like the perfect big prospect in that sense. Just because. definitely, definitely. Who else? Okay, Shaden Sharp. I, I almost have like I, I see a lot of people comparing to Paul George. I mean, he, he might not have as much umph in him, so I kind of see a little Paul Pierce to kind of pull him down a little bit. Oh uh, yeah, I can see that. You know, uh, Keegan Murray, this was interesting because he's going high, but the guys I comp him to might not be so highly re- revered, which is, I-, I almost see like his offense could be, because, you know, the post-up stuff he does in college, I don't know how well that would translate. Maybe he'll, he'll have to rely more on the three. So yeah. I almost see like, a, you know, 
his IQ stuff comes in with like a Josh Hart almost, but his offense might come in the form of like a Gary Harris, where he's just spotting up shooting and just, you know, yeah. attacking closeouts. I was so, going to say like a supercharged Michael Bridges. Okay. 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 So, so, so you're saying that he has a quite a long wingspan to a degree. Uh, he is big. He is yeah, big. He has, I think he has a pretty good wingspan. I'm not actually sure what his measurements are. Uh, okay. Okay. It's no biggie. It's no biggie. But, but, but he does have like same type of role though, where it's like okay. can attack like closeouts and is a pretty good like driver finisher can shoot and is going to be efficient. will make the right basketball play. I think he kind of, again, it's the seamless fit thing, right? Mm -hmm. (laughs) Yep, yep. And then so Benedict Matherin, he he, he kind of comes across like almost like a Jerry Stackhouse almost. But, I mean, I think Jerry Stackhouse is tall. So so I sprinkled a little Lonnie Walker in there. (laughs) No, I I, I can see that. Just kind of like, I can see him being like a kind of guy who plays out of control a little bit, which is going to limit him. Maybe you can kind of see like, Weird Will Barton thrown in there too. <laughs> mm-hmm. And I think the last guy that I haven't comped yet that we mentioned was Jeremy Sohan. I, but I did mention Matt Barnes with him, right? So I, I yeah. see him like a, a two-ish Matt Barnes. So he has Matt Barnes with more upside on offense. Yeah, I can see that. I think um, he's kind of yeah. I don't really know who I'd comp him to, but like he's definitely like just one of those like very switchy like big wings or like power forward types that. I think he'll be good, but I just don't know. What, maybe his best case would be like a Shane Battier type. Mm-hmm. I, I think I can see that like in, as like an apex outcome where he's like that kind of impact. Okay. But, okay. And yeah, okay. he gets the steals, he gets the rebounds, good finisher, good free throw rate. But, okay, definitely. Yeah, definitely. he needs to develop the shot. <laughs> All right, but um, so I, I guess yeah, that's it. Um, do do you have any? Closing remarks that you want to add on before we wrap this up? Uh, not really. I think we definitely need to like uh, do another one of these where we start talking like I don't know later first round pick fits and mm-hmm. tanking fantasy. But it was good to just talk lotto and talk about these like prospects in that range, since especially since I got four lotto picks in our league. <laughs> <laughs> definitely. I mean, isn't that every season? <laughs> Last year. Last year I traded out, which I'm still regretting. I I had a shot at Barnes mm. and decided that I was wild. I wasn't a believer at the time, and then I kind of came around later once I like scouted him more. So he was like someone who grew on me after we drafted, which I'm like, ah, shit. <laughs> you know that that's crazy that you drafted out of the best draft that you traded yeah. out of the best draft in NBA history. I mean, you saw what I did with all my picks, though. I ended up getting like no. a true man. Yeah, like, you, you, got, you got you got value. My second round was crazy. I got, like, Herb Jones and, like, uh, Robinson Earl. True that. And... That's true. You still had – yeah. It's not like, so it's not like you had no picks. You still had those later picks. Yeah, so, they just hit all of my second rounders, which I think is the uh, – That's value getting. Most that's improbable value. thing. <laughs> yeah, because, like, Jones, JRE, Grimes are all, like, guys who I think have a lot of careers. So, I'm like – I mean, I turned it out of the lotto, but, like, at least I got good value. All right, for sure, for sure, for sure, for sure. I'll, I'll let you go now. Yeah, we're definitely going to do this. But, yeah, I'll say um, to wrap this up, this is opinions, not facts. Anything you disagree with, leave us a comment, send a message, always willing to debate and see other perspectives. And like um, Ranger just said, next episode, we'll be talking more about some later first fits that we have. We'll be talking about tanking and fantasy because he is the tank master. You feel me? So with that being said, 
Thank you for listening to Case Court Podcast. It's your boy Case, the realest basketball fan alive. And I'm here with your boy Ranger. And we out. Uh, I've been killing all these suckers for the gap, man. Seeing through your cap, cut my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man. Uh, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. Uh, call me Captain, always gotta look for him. Beat so tight, I almost put a hook on it. Verse so far, I almost put a cook on it. Had a shit jumping, looking like I put a foot on it. Got a hundred on a dash when I book Sonic. Only game that I play, got a book on it. Got a flow so hard that it looks solid. Y'all be cynical, pitiful, read a book, college. Running it, they would put like Weezy your baby stunting to Satan I'm paying nothing to sofa like David Ruffin All these niggas gossip out get why they hating them I ain't singing to these bitches I lead that shit to Drake and them Pull up in the all black but I never was saving them I was probably just slaying them Nigga barely was dating them I can do this till I'm 50 cause I rap with the cars You gon' quit it when you're 30 cause you rap in the cars Swear your shit up bizarre I been killing all these suckers where they at man Seeing through your cap cause my vision is a cat scan Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman I have been killing all these suckers where they at Man, seeing through your cat, cut my vision is a cat scan. Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman. I've been rolling dolo on a mound, need me no robbing, so I be running through paper that be thick but no robbing. Man, I grew up in the city where them niggas be robbing. I ain't stressing, I ain't messing with a bird like a robin. Many niggas that can reckless, I approach it with caution. Finessing how I move, but go harder than rob, man. Even at the bottom, I reach up for the top, man. This is how you elevate from worker to the boss, man. I ain't Mike posing, I ain't posing too often, but I'm trying to run the map from LA out to Boston, relationship goes, what the hell is she talking, I'm just trying to bang go, something like Andy Dalton, niggas say they ballin', well how much did it cost, and I ain't talking LA, but these niggas be dodging, looking for the competition, feeling like I done lost them, cause it's murder that I wrote, caught a core and it's chalking, don't get lost in the sauce, fam, suckers where they at, man, seeing through your cap, cut my vision, it's a cat scan, trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man, so I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman, I've been killing all these suckers where they at, man, seeing through your cap, cut my vision, it's a Trying to get up in the game like I'm Pac-Man So I'm blacking out on the track like I'm Batman Blacking out on the track like I'm Batman Blacking out on the track like I'm Batman Batman.